and welcome folks to another edition of Definitive Cinema. I am one of your hosts, Chris Peterson. Very excited to be talking to you this week about what is a truly relevant and interesting topic to be talking about politics. Yes, we're talking about politics on this podcast. Uh, but more specifically, we are talking about movie presidents because Lord knows there's been plenty of them. Good, bad, insane, crazy, wonderful presidents. So we're going to talk about it all this week. Uh, joined with me as always is Mr. Ken Jones. How are you, sir? Gentlemen. You can't fight in here. This is the war room. <laughs> Love it. Love it. And uh, Mr. Greg Arhart, how are you, sir? This podcast will not go quietly into the night. The podcast will not vanish without a fight. The podcast will live on. The podcast will survive. Way to bring it. Way to you're you. really mm, swinging for the fences on that one. I love it. Going for uh, it. That wasn't as good <laughs> as the um, the Doctor Evil monologue that you tweeted about before. That wasn't <laughs> Evil but you know, I'm, I'm working my way up. But. There you go. There you go. Um, but gentlemen, it's election season, and it is we election are, season. We are in the thick of it. Um, we are recording this literally a week before the election. Five um, days. Five days. This country is going to. Make a choice, and uh, for for uh, I guess you could say a percentage of them, they're hoping that their guy wins, and for another percentage, they're hoping their guy wins. Um, deep analysis, <laughs> right? Um, so I figured, and it, I, I can't remember whose idea it was, Greg. That was my uh, idea. Was it Ken? Ken, yes, I want to give you full credit, uh, for suggesting movie presidents who is a definitive movie president, um, literally answering the question if aliens landed on this planet. What president will we give them? Which ironically has been a plot line of a lot of the movies <laughs> that we ended up looking at. Um, so, Ken, let me start with you. Movie president. Oh, we have to. Okay. <laughs> I, I know. I got to start with someone. Uh, movie presidents. I mean, give me give me your thoughts just on some highlights, I guess, or what you've taken from some of these movies, just the things that you've seen when it comes to these characters in film. So I, I, I did a, uh, I don't know if you can do a superficial uh, deep dive, but we had like short time to do this pod. So um, I was, I was kind of looking on Wikipedia and I noticed that like pre- movies about presidents really took off in the nineties, which mm. is kind of weird. Like, they, like, before that, I mean, obviously there were characters and, and stuff, but there was like a rash of them in the 90s and on. Um, I Thinking about them, like, unless it's a biopic, I, I think, like, the presence rarely ever, like, the main character of the movie. It's more of, like, a supporting character or the, um, almost like the damsel in dis- distress sometimes. Because mm-hmm. it's like the president's been taken hostage or... You know, that kind of thing. And you got someone trying to save him uh, or prevent him from being assassinated. Um, you also have, like, the, uh, you know, the president sends somebody out to, like, accomplish a mission or else he's going to have to, like, make a very costly decision that will, you know, result in, like, untold deaths or something if he can't, if this person can't save the day. Hmm. Um, but I, I also, um, like you probably, I like a really good political thriller. Um I don't necessarily subscribe to, uh, I definitely don't subscribe to conspiracy theories in real life, but I do love a good political conspiracy movie that's either surrounding the president or involving the president directly. So nice. Yeah. Excellent. Greg, how about you? So I think, I think they started becoming popular, Ken, just, I think when 
producers and in the audience like realize what high stakes the office is both from mm. a decision making standpoint as well as um just you know if they were caught in the middle of the action or if they were as we get to uh, at least one of the movies if they were um they were held ransom or if they were yep. held captive held prisoner so you know it's i think it's interesting for the audience to be put in the shoes of the president in certain cases and even in, in other cases when the president's like a bad guy or has malicious intent um it's a really fearsome uh villain because the president is has lots of power you know and he yep. can make a lot of things happen and you think about <clears throat> you know boy we, we 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 hope we never have a president who has truly evil intent you know to uh, corrupt and so I think you, you say <laughs> that one's. <laughs> I see. I see what you're doing there. And I, like I see it. what you did there. <laughs> I, 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 oh, well played, sir. Just saying. Just saying. But, uh, well, let me ask you this, Greg and and Ken. Yes. I think I, as I was looking through these movies and looking at some of the presidents that I was going to pick, I noticed, Ken, to your point, they all were really within the '90s and literally like '95 and on. Yeah. And yeah. part of me is wondering. And I, I looked at the early 2000s. I looked at, you know, what we've seen in the last decade. I feel like the movie depictions of presidents we get are obviously some way mirrors or exaggeration yeah, of the yeah. current administration. So, yeah. like, with the 90s, you saw a lot of romanticization of the White House, the presidency. And scandal, too. And you also had scandal. Yeah. 80s, you didn't get anything. Like, it was like this mythical, like, you know kind of untouchable we're not going to really kind of go in depth into politics in the 70s it was like conspiracy conspiracy dirtiness yeah. um all the president's men type type level things and i think we're obviously i think it's cyclical and we're getting that again now i think if you look at the, the way the president has been uh depicted really in the last four or five years it's a mixture of both savior and monster um which, you know, obviously I think in some people that uh, eyes that that mirrors real life. So um, it's very interesting how how Hollywood does this with with administrations. And I'm, I'm, I always wonder, OK, is there is there a message or intent with that? Ken, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I, obviously, people have said for a long time, like, uh, you know, the the mood of the politics in the country kind of informs like what kind of movies get made, um, you know, whether they're protest movies or, you know, depictions in this, in what we're talking about now with depictions of the commander in chief. So mm. yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Greg, any thoughts? Yeah, I think, I still think it more correlates with, again, the type of movie that's popular. And I think going back to the nineties, the, the terrorism plot was really popular at that time as well as just a general action movie and presidents can be pretty more involved in those kind of movies and even be a central plot element um i think romance movies were also i mean the 90s were the heyday you know for that uh, certainly a, a prime apex so you know you can incorporate a uh, romance in a white house you know kind of movie that could be easily pitched in an elevator and, and be signed off on today in the last decade again this is the era of superhero movies and comic book movies and there's not a whole lot of room for presidential um, roles and dramas in that. Are um, you saying Jamie Foxx wasn't presidential? <laughs> but look, but 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 look what that movie did in box office. Oh yeah, no, you're say, right. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Air Force One. It was an, yep. it was it was almost a non-event. <laughs> you know, right? And that was Die Hard in a White House. <laughs> you know, that was the elevator pitch for that movie. Yeah. And I mean, they literally tried 
so many homages to Die Hard with Channing Tatum and all that, and it just didn't stick. No one, you know, it's just not, it wasn't the right era for it. So it'll be interesting what happens, right, what the next decade look, looks like. But again, I think it's going to correlate with whatever the, what the movie I want to see is like a horror movie in the White House, right? <laughs> you know, like what if the White House is haunted? Now you have wow. a president navigating mm. for him. There's something there, you know. I mean, sure, you get know. get writing to that script now. <laughs> Copyright that immediately. A president, a president dies while in office, and then comes back. It's the uh, ghost trying of to like, yeah, the ghost of, of William, of William Henry past. Harrison, yeah. something like that. He's like trying to like trying to like cement his legacy, or or you know, get a bill passed that's like saves the nation or or the environment or something. Mm, and he's yeah. got like. Yeah, there's that's all there. Yeah, and, and we should clarify because again, a lot of our focus in this podcast is fictional presidents. So there's there's a number yeah. of uh, historical dramas about you know real live presidents, and that's that's really should be its own topic and podcast that we'll tackle at another point. Um, I think we'll have plenty of those coming up. You know, I think every president will just I think every president you know in the last sixty years has gotten one uh, essentially, and every future president will because you know it's just easier to write about. Something that's actually happened versus coming up with a you know a fictional story that will get the public's interest. Right. Well, the current one has already had a movie uh, with his the Showtime. The Showtime, right? With Brendan right. Gleeson, which by the way was fantastic. But uh, <laughs> that's 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 TV. That's not uh, cinema as we're talking about on this podcast. Hey, right. So, yeah. Because so, it's, uh, it's just a handful to try and get box office dollars versus just getting a few, you know, subscription signups, you know. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. And also, what I really appreciate about these movies, too, with most of these presidential films, is they don't get too bogged down into policy, so to speak, or trying to send messages of policy, um, mm. and, you know, with going on. I, I really had to kind of look at each of the, one of these films and be like, yeah, there really isn't. There's hardly a mention of a bill, or there's hardly mention of a, a initiative by these presidencies. Um, so yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that. Do you guys want a couple of uh, fictional presidential facts? Please. All right. So this is uh, from my uh, internet researching on Wikipedia. Uh, both Quaid brothers have played the president, uh, Randy and Dennis. Um, several actors have per- portrayed at least two different presidents. Uh, among them being Bruce Greenwood, mm. uh, podcast favorite Gene Hackman, mm-hmm. uh, Henry Fonda, Morgan Freeman, and Chris's personal favorite Sam Waterston. Hey. <laughs> uh, Roy Scheider played three presidents in what looked like completely forgettable movies from the mid-90s or, or late 90s. Um, but the record for portraying the most presidents in movie history belongs to none other than one Ronnie Cox. Uh, he portrayed a president in Martians Go Home in 1989, a completely forgettable Captain America movie in 1990, Murder at, Murder at 1600 in 1997, and a movie I've never heard of called Nadia's Promise in 2014. Wow. Um, and then two more. Uh, two, uh, two actors have been nominated <clears throat> for uh, Oscar. Or, sorry, let me start that one over again. Uh, two actors have been nominated for Oscars for portraying oh, special presence. Yeah, go for it. Uh, well, one is Jeff Bridges for The Contender. Yep. I know that. Uh, the other one. For fictional presence or just plain fictional, a presence? Fictional presence only. <clears throat> oh, 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 fictional. Oh, 
Lawrence. Yeah, Lincoln doesn't say, count. Yeah, I was about to say Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, actually, yeah, J- Daniel Day-Lewis is the only one to win an Oscar for portraying a president. Travolta wasn't nominated for primary colors. He wasn't president yet, right? You're, you're, well, missing, a, you're missing the obvious one, Chris. Am I? Yes. I, I, I'm lost. We, we were... <laughs> it wasn't Dr. Strangelove, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh Peter Sellers. Did you an Oscar for that? Really? Yeah. Yep. Well, we'll talk about uh, him later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the last one, uh, actor Stanley Anderson portrayed the president in both The Rock and Armageddon. So I believe that means that both Michael Bay movies take place in a shared universe. Shared universe. Yeah. So we have what is possibly a Bay cinematic universe. I love or it. A BCU. So <laughs> there you go. There it is. Now I gotta watch. Did he do Gone in 60 Seconds? No. Well, we'll figure it out. I gotta, <laughs> gotta watch. I gotta go rewatch the, both those movies to find the ties. But um, excellent work, Greg. Did you have something interesting for this podcast too? Before we got into our picks? No. I think all of my thoughts are interesting. No, I, mean, thought, I thought you had like a, I thought you had like a specific like <laughs> like came with his trivia. I thought you you had something special planned. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, the answer is yes. I think it makes sense to do it after our picks. Oh, before. okay. Well, oh, then, okay. Cool. Right, so let me, uh, that's what they call a tease. There it is. <laughs> so, okay. So, gentlemen, the way we typically do this podcast is what we like to do is basically answer the question of if aliens land on the planet and wanted to know a, a definitive pick for a president in a film, um, what, you know, what would it be? Um and if someone you know basically had no idea what the United States president was, what movie would you show them? Um, and in order to obviously make sure that we have some variety and no one's cheating, we like to basically announce on the count of three what our picks was. Now, let me ask you this, guys. Do you want to announce our picks by the title of the movie, the name of the president? I would like, I would say the movie just because if we say the name of the president, <laughs> we, everyone would be like, who? Right. Like, you know the actors probably more than you know the, the name of the right. – president off the top of your head gotcha gotcha we can, okay we can try yeah. <laughs> all right well let's do let's do this all right so all i'm right. counting three ready one two three deep independence day wow wait can you said independence day chris what'd you say i said an american president yeah okay all right three and you, said, and you said deep impact i said deep impact yeah wow okay Okay, good all, picks. All right in the nineties. I mean, you guys went <laughs> right in the sweet spot. You guys went right into disaster films, and I stayed <laughs> kind of within reality. But um, that's, that's okay. That's why we do this. So, Greg, let's start with you. You picked uh, Deep Impact, uh, the president there, played by Morgan Freeman. Why? Well, you, you you sneered at my pick for disaster movies, but we're kind of living a disaster movie right now with the COVID uh, epidemic, and uh, you know, as aliens land on the planet today, and then they said, "Show me." Uh, the definitive American president. I wanted to show Morgan Freeman playing President Tom Beck in this movie because, in an ideal world, this is the type of president we would want to handle like a disaster, you know, such as like a meteor crashing to the earth or, um, you know, COVID 19 or whatever. Because I think Morgan Freeman represented sort of a president with a plan and, and he was essential to the plot in terms of carrying out the plan and doing it in a meticulous fashion. I think he really was a role model in terms of really man- project management in terms of the scope of um, a disaster and uh, some something that, you know, uh, the audience and, and I believe 
uh, Tia Leone's character in that movie you know, really uh, looked looked to for guidance and for uh, leadership, you know, in terms of uh, navigating this. So if I want aliens to look at a president, I want to say, this is the guy. Wow. Okay. Pretty succinct uh, your reasoning there. I, I like it. All right. Ken. By the way, Deep Impact is a very forgettable movie. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Between the two. Right. Between the two asteroid films that came out that summer, uh, it is not yeah. clearly the poor man's choice. Um, <laughs> Ken, you picked Independence Day uh, with the very iconic Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman film. is President Thomas Whitmore. I mean, you want to talk about handling disasters. How about facing down annihilation from an enemy we weren't prepared for? I mean, there you go. Uh, mm. I wouldn't necessarily show this to aliens coming down, but the criteria I took for this was basically who's the first president you think of when you think of movie presidents. And he's the first guy that popped into my head. Um, so just to, you know, give his credentials, he's a war veteran. You know, he faces down an alien invasion. Uh, he fires the sniveling guy played by uh, James Rebhorn. That's kind of like working against him um, and resisting. One of the great, one of the great that guys of all. Yes, time, by the way. yes, yeah. he really is. Uh, he swallows his ego to listen to Jeff Goldblum, even though they got into a fight in in their past. You know, he puts he puts the interests of the country ahead of his own personal interests. Uh, he gives the greatest rousing speech in the history of America, which Greg, you know, alluded to at the opening of this episode. And uh, and he's willing to go out there and fight for the country on the front lines, and when the uh, when the moment calls for it. So you I, you can't ask for more from your uh, commander in chief. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, the only thing was he was going to lose re-election unless the aliens invaded uh, the planet. So I don't yes, know. That's but kind the, of a mark the, against him. That's fine, but he still <laughs> he still came through when it when it mattered. John McLaughlin in that movie was not a fan of uh, President Whitmore. Just just saying. But. Wow. All right. <laughs> well, I went with uh, President Andrew Shepard, uh, played by the wonderful Michael Douglas in The American President. Um, and the reason I picked this movie is, first of all, I've seen this movie. This is the president movie I've seen more than any other president movie ever. And I realized the reason why I loved watching it was not even close because of the romantic storyline between him and Sidney Wade played by Annette Benning. I actually love the policy talk, the inside baseball, the <laughs> fact that the entire movie, they're trying to get this gun bill passed uh, and reducing greenhouse gas emissions and things like that. And I was like, this is fascinating. And then I find out later on that, Oh my God, they actually made a TV show basically about that. Um, and this is a, it's a great movie. Um, I love how Michael Douglas plays this character as a flawed individual i i think a lot of times with these movies it, you know not necessarily the ones where the, the president is corrupt so to speak but uh the ones you know where you kind of romanticize the position and they, they can they can do no wrong and these amazing figures and blah, blah blah and clearly he's a flawed man uh even flawed in policy delivery and things like that um i i absolutely love it uh on that end the dialogue is fantastic the speech he gives at the end is i is incredible and you know, once again, it, it's it's the precursor to the West Wing. Um, so I think it's like, you know, again, it's it's you're watching Aaron Sorkin rub his hands and get warmed up to basically deliver the, the, the greatest, you know, primetime television series of all time. So, um, yeah, I, I went there. So, um, again, this is this is the movie that that got me interested in politics. Um, I have literally 
at a couple different occasions when I was involved with certain things in my youth, emulated this speech uh, at the end, delivering it. I, I went to a national youth leadership conference in Washington, D.C. when I was in high school and um, delivered a <laughs> rousing <laughs> emotional speech oh, about tobacco regulations um, <laughs> and basically used like the, his like this speech in a way. So I, I had it in mind when I was writing it. So when I, when I want aliens to land on this planet and show them like what leadership is, what flawed men, these presidents were, I went, I go to Andrew Shepard on in the American press. So you're good with showing the aliens that uh, our president would uh, risk reelection just to chase a girlfriend for love, <laughs> for love, Greg. Yeah. He's a single dad. His wife I mean, died. He, he can get any woman he wants. Why is he going to risk reelection? For, Listen, uh, I also know, like fling, the fact, by the fling. and side note, I like the fact that Sorkin um, hates the Ivy Leagues so much that none of his presidents have ever attended an Ivy League school. Um, Andrew Shepard went to Stanford and Jediah Bartlett went to Notre Dame. So he, I like his avoidance of Ivy Leagues, kind of. But anyway, um, yes, I like the fact that he sac- he would sacrifice yeah. a second term for love. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, uh, the aliens would not think kindly on that, but that's just my opinion. I don't you know. don't, you no, don't no. know that. Maybe they're... Uh, I, think, I think they like they, a technocrat that uh, Tom... That I actually... Tom I don't think they would like... Impact. I don't think they would like Moose's pick because it would be like giving away <laughs> trade secrets. <laughs> like you're giving them a playbook. Ken. Oh, that's... That's true. <laughs> Why don't you just give him the keys? Show him the code. I gave him the keys to the kingdom. Oh gosh, <laughs> what have I done? Um, yeah. So let me ask you: Did you have any close runners-up? Because this is an interesting topic to oh, talk yeah. about the other choices. Ken, let me start with you. Who's like your? Who were you choosing between? Uh, I was choosing. I, I considered uh, Andrew Shepard. Um, there you go. I, 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 you know, we we usually do a best and a worst. He, he's he's the best one for me. I think. Um, yeah, like uh, a lot of the things you said. Um, yeah, I think he's a he's a character that uh, has integrity and is willing to admit when he's wrong and that he screwed up and ends up doing the right thing in the end. So and he listens to wise counsel. Always a good thing in a leader. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I thought of uh, President, uh, you know, Merkley. Uh, Muff. I didn't, I didn't even know the, uh, the Mer- name of the Merkin Merkin, Merkin Muffley. 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 Yeah. Muffley. And uh, Doctor Strange Love, um, <laughs> you know, just because it's Peter Sellers. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Greg, yeah. how about you? Did you have any runners up? Uh, yeah. I mean, James Marshall, for sure, in Air Force One. I like my presidents who can beat up, uh, you know, the opposition and, and foreign powers. That's always a kind of a key look for me. Um, it was really pretty much uh, those two those two guys. Um, I didn't really – no one else – particularly came close for me i almost chose uh dave uh kevin klein's character of, of mm. william mitchell but then for me it's like he's not technically the president so he's like he's playing That's this true. guy pretending to be the president throughout <laughs> the entire movie so all the good that's in that movie is technically not the president's doing. And it's a very confusing ending, by the way, of like, spoiler alert, like what happens to the president at the end. But um, did they yeah. explain in that movie that like the vice president was 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 making decisions behind the scenes or was, did they really give it to I forget what the I haven't seen that movie in a long time. No, they no, sent they send spoiler alert. They send the vice president played by King, Ben Kingsley off to like this three month tour in Africa while they try to like figure out like what to do with the situation here. So he is like, he has no um, knowledge of 
So the imitator Dave was truly making all the decisions, like yes. Well, decisions. technically, Bob Alexander, his chief of staff, played by Frank Langella, was making all the decisions. Uh, okay. uh, I've seen this movie. You know way too much about this. I movie. know way too much about this movie, by the way. Um, I again, you talk about my my love for politics, and Greg was there. He saw how many times I ran for student body, whatever. Um, like this is this is these two movies were the shape of all that because I was romanticizing politics. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, basically Bob Alexander's character and then Kevin Dunn, who plays like his assistant, were basically running the show. And Kevin Klein's character was supposed to just sign off on everything, except when he saw that the budget was getting cut to shreds, and he brought in his accountant friend, played by Charles Grodin, and they work out the budget and they figured it all out. So sorry yeah, to so everybody we, who want, want right. to watch Dave. <laughs> like, yeah, so Dave never took the oath. Yeah, so yeah, he wasn't president. Yeah. Yeah, mm, so technically cool. never the president, just impersonating him. But mm -hmm. uh, and you've got a very young Laura Linney in that movie, by the way, playing the oh. secretary that the president's having an affair with. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, I love I know way too much about that movie. Yeah, <laughs> I could. We could do a Dave on a separate podcast, a like bit definitive, of a rabbit hole there. A little yeah, definitive <laughs> Kevin Klein. Let's go. Um, all right, Greg. Did you have something? Do you want to get to your uh, thing? Before? What about worst? Oh, I'm worst sorry. Presidents. So best and worst, because uh, yeah, those aren't those aren't even my picks for best and worst. But Greg, let oh, me start gosh. with you. What are yeah, your best and worst? Uh, I'll do this, yeah, I'll do this fairly quick. Best is James Marshall in Air Force One. Again, I just anyone that can punch out terrorists is good with me. Uh, worst, I'm going with the president in the movie Failsafe. Um, for those uh, for those who don't know, Failsafe is the much darker version of Doctor Strangelove. It was released in the same year, basically the same plot. Um, and I'm since Chris, you spoil movies for me all the time. I'll spoil this one for you. Basically, the plot of Failsafe is it's a cold, you know, uh, uh, tensions are high between the Russia and U.S. The U.S. accidentally sends a bomber to Moscow to drop a nuclear bomb on Moscow. They can't turn him around because he went radio dark, whatever. So the U.S. president Henry Fonda decides. Um, to appease Russia to bomb New York City, to drop a nuclear bomb on New York City because fair is fair and they don't want to start, you know, this huge nuclear holocaust. holocaust. Wow. And that's how the movie ends. And Henry wow. Fonda, you are the worst movie president. Wow. <laughs> Bombing your there own you country. Yes. You know, for, for someone who is often opposed to doing podcast topics about relevancy, the fact that you're bringing up a 1964 <laughs> movie, uh, classic cinema for that Have matter. I ever, um, no, no, no. I've only called Julia Roberts uh, irrelevant. <laughs> I've never called old movies irrelevant. Wow. Well, this, yeah. hey, good, you know. Uh, it's like if I did it, if, if we did Hitchcock, it'd be like, you know. What's the last movie that Hitchcock did, Chris? Oh, but you are you are slandering me. This is this is slander. This <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, Greg. If it walks like a duck, talks. Uh, I, I pull out some quotes and uh, and try. Can you it's can fun. you've already said your best uh, president, but yeah. who's your worst? Uh, my worst would be uh, one President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew <laughs> Herbert Camacho. Come on, from, from, from the movie Idiocracy. He's amazing. He, I mean, yes, he is. Terry he's Cruz. also easily the worst president. <laughs> he's the dumbest. Yes. Uh, he oversaw a famine and the downfall of the single largest corporation in America at the time, mm -hmm. in Brondo. And he almost had the smartest person alive killed. So, yep. I mean, you know, there you go. Great movie. Camacho. Worst, Greg, worst, Greg, have you ever seen any Have you seen Idiocracy? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Is it, is it is it good enough to do definitive Mike Judge yet or no? 
Jeez. <laughs> or is that not relevant? Or not? <laughs> I'm sorry. This is such slander. This is, God forbid I make fun of Julia Roberts you know, with you. Slander, and I am here for all of it. For my <laughs> best pick. Rob Cobb, you know, like all Julia Roberts is the patron saint of your favorite movie genre. <laughs> for my best pick, uh, Ken kind of stole my thunder on this one, but I'm going to go with Stanley Anderson for uh, The Rock and... Really? <laughs> And Armageddon because wow. in one in one term he did this in one term he <laughs> he saved us from nuclear holocaust on in Alcatraz in San Francisco home and and had he not we never had the tech boom of the late nineties by the way uh, and then saved us uh, from from uh, a meter hit so yeah. there you go and and he wasn't an, he wasn't some Air Force pilot he didn't have you know judo training or you know things like that. Um, he, he did it all, you know, from a phone and, uh, that's, that's the way it's done. So Stanley Anderson gets my pick, uh, for the best president for the worst. Uh, I'm going with Edgar Bennett. Edgar Gentlemen, Bennett. do you know, who, do you know who Edgar Bennett is? Nope. So Greg, I'm disappointed. I thought you would know this. Um, Greg, Edgar Bennett is the president in the movie. So, Clear sorry. I was on, I was oh, on mute. Gosh. I was on mute, but I would have said no. Oh, okay. Uh, he is the president in the uh, Tom Clancy film, uh, Clear and Present Danger. Um, it is basically found out that he almost starts uh, basically World War III uh, because he wants to just simply kill uh, a former, like, a rich person that he doesn't like. So he sends in, like, national, you know, uh, military men and people lose their lives and things like that, all because of, like, basically a personal grudge. And there's a great showdown in the Oval Office at like towards the end of the movie where Harrison Ford comes in and like mm. basically says he's going to expose the president. And uh, I, the actor's name escapes me. I should have written his name down. I uh, apologize. I just looking at it. Actually. But he's, he's a, he's one of those guys. He's like a, that guy. Um, thank you. Thank you. Great actor. Great job. Uh, love, love, love uh, that. So he gets my, my pick as the worst. He wasn't president. in the thing. Was he? He might've been. He might have been, but he's a great actor. Great actor. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, he's in the thing. Good best worst, good best and worst picks, gentlemen. Um, Greg, you had something towards the end. Yes, gentlemen. I thought we could play a quick little game here where we guessed or we debated what uh, political party affiliation some of these uh, fictional American presidents were in movies. What do you mm. think? Okay. Yeah. All right, hit us. All right, let's start with uh, the idiocracy president. <laughs> Green Party. <laughs> <laughs> like the, what, the natural law party, maybe? I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> working families. I... Libertarian. <laughs> right. Libertarian. Uh, James Marshall from Air Force One. This is a, tr oh. this is a tricky one. Uh, I'm going to say moderate Republican. <laughs> yeah. Like walks the line. So he's pretty. Yeah, he's pretty anti-terrorism. He has a big anti-terrorist speech in the beginning of the. And movie. he has a military background, doesn't he? Military background. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I think you know a true Republican might be a little bit more zealous at the end. Maybe I don't know. I, I think he's a Republican too. Yeah, but uh, plus he knows Russian. I don't think Democrats bothered to learn Russia at the time. Only Cold Warriors. Cold right. War Republican, you know, learned Russian. Well, you know, that's not true because all the Democrats are actually communists. So, you know, <laughs> they would all they'd all speak the mother tongue. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Ken, any thoughts? Uh, Republican, Democrat? No, I, I lean toward Republican on yeah. that one. All right. Uh, American president. 
Democrat. Oh, Democrat. Democrat, I agree. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Deep Impact. Ooh. Democrat. Democrat. I, I think he's a Democrat as well. Yeah. Technocrats tend to be more Democratic. Uh, the president from White House Down, Jamie Foxx. Democratic. Democrat. Democrat, I agree. Uh, Mars Attacks, President James Dale. Republican. Republican. <laughs> so I agree. You know what's funny? Uh, there's a funny Reddit thread about this, and all of them were like Democrat. Like pretty really? much all of them are Democrat. Yeah. Now Reddit's way out there, so I'm not giving them authority on this. So I just thought that was interesting. Thomas Whitmore, Independence Day. I think Ooh. he's actually a Democrat. I'm going to say... Oh, gosh. Uh, California Republican. Yeah. This is a tough one. I think he's Republican. I, you know who I think his comp is? I think it's George W. I think that's his comp in this movie. Mm. Mm. Side note, by the way, Andrew Shepard's opponent in The American President, Richard Dreyfuss, playing the Republican candidate. <laughs> yep. I completely wow. forgot about that. There you go. <laughs> and later play the president in a, a TV version of Failsafe. Oh, that's right. So there you go. That's there you right. go. That's right. All right, continue, Greg. This is fun. Uh, that's Olympus has fallen. That's Aaron Eckhart. Ugh. Um, <laughs> Clinton Democrat. Democrat. Yeah. Ooh, I was gonna say like, like a Josh Hawley-ish Republican, but I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't really watch that movie very closely. So. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Dave. I mean, you could go to either Dave or Bo- or Robert Mitchell, whatever the, the actual uh, president would. I would say the actual president would probably be Republican. I think he's Republican, yeah. Moderate but, Republican. Yeah. yeah. But Dave is definitely Democrat, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, that's basically that's basically what I had. There you go. Now, let me ask you this, gentlemen. Uh, is the greatest portrayal of, like, in terms of, like, the best presidents that we've had for film, do they top uh, TV presidents? Or oh is, no, I don't think so. You know, I think Jed the TV Bartlett's presidents are, or, are Palmer in twenty four. Palmer, or I mean, you know, uh, trying to think, is Gina Davis the president? Julia yes. Lee Dreyfus and Veep. <laughs> yep, Julia Lee Dreyfus, Gina Davis. Yep. yep. So, uh, uh, could we say that the the better <laughs> depiction of fictional presidents have been on TV rather than films? Probably. I, I, mean, def- I definitely yeah. agree. I definitely yeah. agree with that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Interesting enough, uh, West Wing, uh, same set as Dave, by the way. The hmm. set you see in Dave is the exact same set in uh, the West Wing. So, so I have go. one other question to ask you guys. So I think Air Force One, I think, is a wonderful movie, but also is a really interesting litmus test for evaluating like our actual presidents. I was wondering <laughs> like, what, what, what they would do in that situation. Right. So like, what president... Let's say since Eisenhower. Let's just go to Eisenhower. Yeah. Which presidents would you want to have in that Air Force One scenario? Well, so Eisenhower, like, for, for well, starters. <laughs> he was in his 60s by the time he was president. Yeah, I mean, but still, I mean, he commanded, he, like, the, the, I mean, Ford, the entire, like, European... But remember, the key war. is he has to be able to battle and punch terrorists. So, like, I, Eisenhower... I think I, I wouldn't underestimate Eisenhower's ability to punch anybody. <laughs> right. I mean, Ford played football for University of Michigan. So yeah, Ford, Ford too. Ford um, is a sneaky good pick. The other yep. thing is they have to not use the escape pod. So they have yeah. to, okay. right. So they have to ignore. They say they have the opportunity and they have to. Uh, I mean, ignore. first term <laughs> Reagan was an actor, so he could quite, you know, had a, you know, I mean, stage fight. It, it, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> you know, the evasion is also important in some regard, too. And I mean, Bush had a 
shoe thrown at him, and he managed to duck out of the way of that. He did. He ducked that, yeah. you know? I mean, I, it, on, the other fl- on the flip side, though, his father was, you know, choked on, uh, like, a piece of broccoli or something. So in, let's in go th- Japan, so... So let's go through the... Pre- I just want to go through the list of presidents, and let's just focus on the escape pod. Like, who jumps in the escape who, pod who and who doesn't? Who takes the escape pod? Okay. Right, who doesn't? Right. Eisen- okay. Eisenhower no. does not. No, he no doesn't. way. He stays in the plane. JFK. Ooh. I, you know, he was a war hero. He I think he stays. It's tough. Yeah, I, I do too. I, that's, a, I could, that's like a 50-50 one. I could see yeah. it going yeah. either way. I agree. Uh, LBJ. I think Ooh, he goes. I think he. I think he stays. He's a tough son of a bitch. He was. He was a tough son <laughs> of a guy. But, yeah. Texan, Texan. These Texans. I think he stays too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nixon. He gets, gets in. He, gets he, in. Gets he, in. Leaves. he He leaves. He, yeah, he, <laughs> he's he's part. Of, he's part he, of it. <laughs> <laughs> he sets the whole thing up. <laughs> he, he gives the peace sign and, and uh, just <laughs> get the, it goes away. Uh, Gerald Ford. He stays. He stays, he stays. but fails. He, he stays, <laughs> but fails. <laughs> it doesn't work out. Poor Gerald Ford. Uh, Reagan. Uh, you skipped one. Uh, who's oh, 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 gosh, you're right. Did God, we should all, we should Carter. <laughs> Carter, Carter's never on the plane because they can't afford Carter. the gas at the time. <laughs> I was gonna say, Carter, Carter also stays and also fails. <laughs> Although, I actually put it this way Carter never makes it out of Russia, <laughs> he never gets on the plane. Uh, yeah, we should be we should be clear. Like, it's leaving is not necessarily a sign of cowardice, not necessarily because there are strategic reasons. Like. The president of the United States should not be held captive by terrorists, right? Sure. And it's not necessarily coward to to leave on that. Again, your talents may be better. You know, you need to make decisions not on a plane, right? right versus being on the. Ground. I mean, considering the relationship at the time, I don't think Carter. Right. I think Carter touches down in Russia and is a hostage already. Like he doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't even get to that point. Greg, stop defending Richard Nixon <laughs> on the uh, escape pod. So Jimmy Carter, we we think he probably leaves. I think. I think he's thinking he's going to make better decisions on the ground than the plane. And he'd be wrong. Or he thinks he can reason with the with yeah. the uh, terrorists. And he'd be wrong because he was yeah. wrong about everything he did. So I also want. Yeah, I wrong. also want to leave that. Let's leave aside, just for fun. Leave aside the fact that his family may or may not be on the plane. You know, because obviously, yes. yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, Reagan. First term, Reagan stays. Second term. <laughs> <laughs> I think Re- I, I, this is close. I think Reagan goes. I think he leaves. Oh, interesting. I think he stays, but I think it's yeah. Is I can see it going either way, kind of like JFK. Right. Bush. Bush the elder. Former CIA guy. Former World War II vet. I think he stays. He stays. He stays. Yeah. Uh, Clinton. Clinton goes. Come on. Wrong, he's, yeah, he's, he's out. He's out. <laughs> he's out before there's even a problem. He's like I'm. <laughs> He finds something interesting to see about Russia and he decides to stay. Well, well, right. He takes the intern with him on the escape route. <laughs> 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 they go for a job, guys. Right. Uh, w. Bush. I think, I think W. stays. Term one stays. Term two goes. For... <laughs> because I fully believe that the, they were two completely different presidents. But that's just me. <laughs> I think he stays, but uh, I think it probably he screws it up. <laughs> right, right. 
I think as uh, stays and doesn't go well. I think he stays. Yeah, Obama. Term one, he goes. Term two, he stays. <laughs> it's not term one, term two crap. Pick one. Uh, I think he goes. I thought. Uh, mm. I don't know. It's a tough one. I can't. I can't stand Obama. Um, he stays. Uh, yeah, he stays. It works out, and he takes way too much credit for it. <laughs> he gets the Nobel Peace Prize for it. <laughs> like he does everything Harrison Ford does in that movie. Or yeah. no, no, he doesn't do any of that. But he then he writes the movie himself, and that's what we get. <laughs> That's the <laughs> and then last but um, certainly least, um, uh, Trump. I mean, come on. Well, he let, he has to let it happen he's, because here's the thing: Trump is pushing down Nixon to get into skatepod. Well, no, it's like whatever, whatever. If it's Russians, then he's just got to kind of go along with it because that's, that's like his, that's the deal. Like <laughs> that's the arrangement. Okay, if you guys want Air Force One, it's all. It's all do, yours. Do we want to do a potential Biden? Well, I was gonna say, yep, yeah, yep, let's oh, do Biden. Stays. Biden stays oh, and threatens him to do push-ups. I don't challenge him to a push-up contest. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if Biden stays. Biden stays and Biden thinks stays. that he's here before. Why? Based, based on what? Why? Because he thinks this guy. This guy picks fights with like auto workers. Exactly. Come on, man. <laughs> Yeah, because he's it, losing it. It gets, he's, in, the face, he it gets in the faces of like radio show hosts and tells them like, <laughs> if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Like that's, that's the equivalent. That's the equivalent of get oh, off my plane. Scary guy, Russian terrorist. <laughs> oh right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he would, would challenge he them to a push-up contest. Hey, Trump, he would stay Trump thinking that he was fights with years newscasters too. Yeah, Trump pick fights with newscasters too. That doesn't mean he's off the. You know, Greg, time. this would have been. This is great. We should have we should have also done vice presidents. Uh, as well, <laughs> well that's well. a separate question, right? Well, who Spiro do you want? Agnew, does he say? <laughs> well, no, because we had Glenn. What was it Glenn Close that played Glenn the vice Close, president? Yeah, right? uncredited, so, like, I think. Right. So, who do you want? Right. Which vice president do you want most want in that seat when the president's life is on the lo- president and like half his chief is cabinets like on 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 the airplane? You know, oh, Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> I know Spear Agnew is pretty close. He was a good, uh, he was a good decision maker. Rockefeller, I mean, can't forget about Rockefeller. Um, Dan Quayle, Dan Quayle. I want Dan, <laughs> I want Dan Quayle in that seat. <laughs> By the way, uh, you know, I, I, we, we should have picked uh, for definitive. What's that stupid movie with um, James Garner and Jack Lemmon when they play like former presidents? Oh uh, yeah. Oh, uh, well traveled. Oh, my fellow Americans. My fellow Americans. It. And yeah. Dan Aykroyd's the president, I think. Yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He's trying to get them killed. <laughs> that looks terrible. Anyway, <laughs> uh, well, this is good, guys. Anything else before we uh, sign off? Any last thoughts about the election, presidents, anything at all? Greg, let me start with you. Do we think we're getting a, another like significant fictional president movie, American fictional mm. president movie? I don't think we're getting one anytime soon that shows it in a positive light. <laughs> let me put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're getting shadowy presidents for the next four years. I really want. I really want a horror movie in the White House. I really. There it is. That, that's, not a, that's not a half bad idea. I like you know? it. Honestly. I do like it. <laughs> Ken, what about you? I I would see it. I would see yeah. it. Every, yeah. So you don't see. There it is. Plus three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ken, man. any last thoughts for you before we sign off? Oh man, everybody, make sure you go vote. That's yes. it. Just go vote. Get in line now. Just go vote now. and be safe. 
Camp out like you're getting tickets to the next, you know, amazing concert. Go. All right, here's me being the contrarian. It's your choice not to vote. That's that's a vote in itself, not voting. Stop it. <laughs> Thanks. No, for someone who's like constantly said that we second for him. Here's a hot take. Maybe don't vote. You know, you don't vote. Who cares? Is that the acceptable? You know. If you don't you know, find either candidate acceptable, why should you vote for them? Then you write one in, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's fair. Anyway. Vote if not for the president for your local municipalities. Like that that's where your vote truly, truly, truly counts and can really or decide elections. Eight. We are all over the age of 35, so, you know, if you want to write us in, too. Hey, Greg Earhart. Hot take. Hot take I mean, I wouldn't right? vote for Greg. But... <laughs> I wouldn't either. I mean, doesn't think Julia Roberts is relevant enough. Look, I mean, I, a... I, I, like, if I'm president, I will make a horror movie in the White House. Okay. That's <laughs> all, that's all right. And you know what? You already have a horror movie in the White House. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Vote, vote, vote. Um, <laughs> and in this way... You truly can, you know, say that you voted and, and have a say in what happens in the country. You complain. Vote, and vote in your local elections too. Vote in vote your local elections. Elections, Amen. yes. Um, I have. Do you gentlemen, either of you, voted already? I voted like two weeks ago, maybe three. Gotcha. Great. Did you I'm, vote yet? I'm a real American. I vote on election day. But. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am also voting in person uh, because I am fortunate enough that I live in a town with like four people. So uh, the polling, it, it's never a long wait. Uh, I'm truly thankful for that. I see these lines in Atlanta and in New York, and I, I cannot imagine standing in line seven hours to vote. But God bless the people that do, honestly. Um, gentlemen, this is a pleasure. Uh, I will actually am going to watch another movie about a president tonight uh, after this is over. So. Very excited about this, but uh, we will see you right here next week. Uh, whoever wins next, you know, in the election, we will see you right here next week on Definitive Cinema.